when it comes to the safety of these people, there's me and then there's God, understand? This is big time. From James Cameron, the writer and director of The Terminator and Aliens. You should never back away from anything in your life, now The Abyss. Opens August 9th at a Cineplex Odeon Theater near you. Check local listings. Welcome back to the podcast. Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host, Tyler Wilson. And if you were able to guess this movie from the first line from Ed Harris, good on ya. What was the line, Tyler? I got the bends? No. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. When it comes to the safety of these people, there's God, and then there's me. Ooh. Ed Harris. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good, good stuff. Okay, so we are talking about The Abyss today from 1989. Yeah, we are. But before we do that, us old millennials, if you haven't listened in a while or you're new to the show, welcome. We're old millennials. We go back and we watch movies from the 80s and 90s and the early aughts when we were little bitty kids. Some movies we've seen, some movies we haven't seen. And we go back and we watch it and we say, hey, what do we remember? And then we talk about old millennials remember. And do we... Do we like it? Do is it? Does it hold up? Is it better now? Is it better then? Was it worse now? Yeah. How What's is the it? legacy? Yeah. Can our kids watch it today? Yeah. <laughs> we answer those types of we, questions. We answer all sorts of those questions. Okay. What? Let's go. Do you didn't enter the part where we do what we think? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what I'm are just... you? What is happening on your face right now? <laughs> I'm trying. You have hiccups. I'm trying to belch without belching. Oh. Oh. I told you my tummy was upset. You insisted on us recording this podcast, and now I'm trying to contain all the bodily noises that are being. I wasn't containing made. mine before we started no, you recording. Were not. <laughs> and the evidence is in my nostril. You <laughs> son of a bitch. Okay, so before we talk about the abyss, we will uh, deep dive. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, Stop. snap. Oh, oh into movies we've been watching recently. <laughs> Tyler, what have you been watching? What you were saying, because we're doing a movie about no, underwater. I know. You get it? Yeah. Well, did you want to... Why do I always have to go first? Oh, I can go first. Um, I haven't been watching anything <laughs> new. I started Love is Blind. I'll have more to share about that in future podcast episodes. I guess we, ha- we have watched the current season of The Bachelor. <laughs> oh, man, we have been watching The Bachelor. Oh, my God. I don't know why. I don't know what we... Okay. Let's not talk about the actual season of The Bachelor. That doesn't matter. Yeah. But let's do talk about how inappropriate it is mm-hmm. to let your eight-year-old get obsessed with mm-hmm. The Bachelor. Because it is not okay for children to watch this kind of material. Nope. So, Parenting 101, don't let your eight-year-old daughter get obsessed on a show that uh, slut shames, has no moral values, <laughs> gets girls drunk purposely, gets them to say and do the stupidest things, promotes... Just girls making bad choices. It, hi- it 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 makes men. Oh, it's it's just so bad on so many levels. So I mean, what I think what you're saying is that I think there's people out there that don't realize that you're like you're describing what you just said, and they're thinking yeah. like the Bachelor. That's not sure where they're like dating, and they're gonna find their. No, you're talking about how like the producers do this to the the people on the show, and yeah, I, we are aware that they do a, a male skewing version where like there's a Bachelorette and there's men, and they all do the same thing, right? Not the same. Hashtag not the same. It's bizarre. We have a long history of watching this program because I think uh, initially when we started watching this uh, as a young couple, uh, it was entertaining in that 
you're like, this is the fascinating scripted program. It's reality, but it is like the 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 ways in which they manipulate this setting and the bizarre nature of everybody pretending to be like it's a real thing. Because it's, I mean, it's the most absurd thing you've ever heard. It's like, I'm going to find love. I'm going to get married to the person that I meet on this show. And it's happened like one out of like 30 times. But, uh, but I mean, inherently, that's just a ridiculous notion. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the way that they are manipulating it. So there is some fascination in watching this unfold and watching the people behind the scenes kind of create this so-called reality. Okay, that was years ago. And well, For whatever and reason that we watch it also, now, sometimes. Years, years ago, mm-hmm. it was early 2000s. We were both teenagers. Maybe. And we were immature. And the culture back then was it was okay to totally make fun of women for being fucking dumb. They we would make we would nickname them for their shitty behaviors or how they looked. It was very like we're gonna judge these girls on how they look, how they talk, how they act, and make fun of them and it was fun. And vice versa, I guess, with the men on the other version. Sure. Yeah. But like that's not as fun. And it wasn't as fun, which is a real take on like where culture was. It just wasn't. And you're admitting right? that it's not as fun to watch The Bachelorette that is The Bachelor. I see. What yeah, it w- we have this culture where it's more fun to judge and criticize women, but it has gotten better. We have made progress in the last 18 years since you and I have been together, and now that those parts are less fun, but we're finding still entertaining pieces of it. Right. Well, we we have not we've skipped out on a few seasons or whatever, but sure. then I mean, you hear some of the stuff that so this is how you get locked into it. You hear about some of the crazy ass shit that goes on and you're just like, "Well, I got to kind of watch that, right?" Cuz sure. it's just like, "Wait, well, how could that be? They've really like gone and pulled out the stops for this season, right?" And so that happens, and I don't think we would have even finished this had our daughter been like, let's watch it. This is a great show. We're just like, oh, we failed as parents. We've completely failed as parents. On the flip side, Uh it does give us a lot of talking points with her about what's okay and what's not okay, and what makes a strong woman and what makes a valuable man and what makes a good partnership. And I think she does learn a lot from watching it and is entertained by watching how these people behave. One thing that I will say about this this current version and I we're recording this before it's like over I guess so we don't know exactly how whatever who cares I don't even care about it doesn't it matter but there is a character I say character because it is a character this is like this is like what the 30th I don't know what season we're on right but the big drama of this season is that there is a girl a woman who makes it to the final three who I the fact that I think that she's a virgin I think is beside the point mm-hmm. that's not the point that the show is trying to make this is literally like the first time where this girl is like saying Oh, yeah, if you, cause at the thing, they go to the, they, he still dates all these people, right? And then by the third one, it's like they do an overnight where it's when kind of assumed. Yeah. And it's not like a guarantee. Sometimes they don't, but like the, the insinuation is that they, they're gonna like have sex. Right? In the fantasy suite. In the fantasy suite, right? Well, this is like the first season that I've seen anyway, where the girl is like, yeah, listen, if you like go and bang at two other chicks, like I'm not okay with that. And I, I know that she's because it's like for her religion or whatever. I don't care about that. But like, this is the first season where like we're confronting this issue. This is the most fucked up part of the whole thing. They're like, <laughs> like, hey, you just bang that other girl. I'm still totally into you. Do you want to like marry me? It's so weird. It just get, it, I love how it just cuts to the absolute bizarre nature of it. But, and then like, to have like the argument being like, well, it's not the other girls are like, well, it's not fair that she's putting an ultimatum on it because you because they've accepted this contract of like, yeah, it's assumed that we're just going to bang each other in this last yeah. few episodes. It's, it's so messed up and so bizarre and fascinating. It's part of the deal. And they all and the girls talk about that. Like, you knew what you were signing up for. But like, that's a you weird know statement. What the fantasy suite's like, all about the girl that's upset about doing it is kind of 
like she's got a good point. <laughs> like she, this is not her way to start a relationship. Was all then I'm why saying. are you on the show in the first place? See, this is what I'm saying. It's a weird dichotomy okay, so where you're I, supposed to be like against her, even though what no, her re- her she's I being mean, completely reasonable. I think that this show is good about being entertaining and giving you something to talk about. We're talking about it. Also, mission achieved. I think it's still fun to uh, look out. I think as as people who are married for a long time can watch this show. Uh, I think either either version or when they go to the paradise, uh, Bachelor in Paradise. Sure, Bachelor Pad. Whatever. Oh yeah, that's what it's called. Who cares? <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Uh, but they, um, it, it's a good reminder of like you never want to go be a dating scene again because I mean I understand these people are mostly younger than us now. They're in By their twenties. Like decade. Some of them are in their thirties. Not very many. Mostly in their twenties, but they're all. They are depicted in. I'm not saying they're all this way. I certainly I think television makes them look worse. But they're all just completely insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you just don't want to be in the dating scene. And I think there's a there's a value in that. I think it. I think it's while they don't succeed in getting people together to like create long lasting relationships. I think the the show itself probably keeps a lot of relationships together because be like, fuck, I don't want to go dating again. Look how fucking terrible it is out there. This guy gets to date thirty women and it's horrible. And they're all terrible. <laughs> like it's horrible. Like it's just it's a horrible experience for him. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. Like, I think the initial idea before was like, oh, you get to date like 25 people. Isn't that awesome? Whereas now from like night one, it is like the most miserable experience on the planet because you got to deal with them fighting. You got to deal with them and being upset about the whole thing. Then like it is you? just miserable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is just a mis- like this guy is just so fucking miserable the entire time. It's pretty fun. Anyway, we've been watching that. <laughs> yes, we have. You turned on the Aladdin movie for the kids, that live action one. Oh, yeah, we did watch that. We talked about this on a prior episode when yeah. we did the animated one. I had seen the live action movie one at that time, but you did not. Mm-hmm. So now it's on Disney Plus and you watched it. What were your thoughts on live action Aladdin? I feel like if you have Disney Plus, it's worth watching it just so you can say you watched it and then never watch it ever again in your entire life. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's how I felt when I saw it. Now I've seen it twice. <laughs> yeah. I really liked the gal that played Jasmine. I like I liked her too. the couple editions of songs and how they, they took out the like... Jasmine using her sexuality to sort of try to trick Jafar. Not trick him, but... I missed that uh, outfit, though. I'm just kidding. You're such a pig. Um, no. <gasps> uh, no, I like I the... Uh... Shame on you. That's not the pro- like the movie is like it's an ungod. I didn't realize this until we watched it on Disney Plus. It is like two hours and ten minutes. Yeah, it's way too long. And but Agreed. like the things that are expanded upon aren't the bad parts of the movie. Like the extra Jasmine stuff is actually pretty good. And I think it's because the actress is probably ha- far and above the best actress in the yeah, movie. She's carrying it. Everybody else is not great in the movie, including Will Smith, unfortunately. Like so, she's really good. And I think the things they give her to kind of make Jasmine a more empowered character and not. Not superficially so. I think, like, what they do to her storyline, I think, is fair, and, and it feels organic. And I like that. It's just everything else. The copying of the classic is done with such horrible, I think, horrible production design. I think the the musical numbers are pretty awful. Uh, I was, like, getting Will Smith's back about his singing, but it's it's bad. He is fine in the movie when it's just like he's not in the blue and he's like kind of during the Prince Ali stretch of the movie where he's just kind of normal looking and he doesn't have to like he's not singing. That's kind of where his comfort zone is. He kind of feel you know what he feels like to me in those scenes is kind of like that movie Hitch that he made with Kevin James, which is not a great movie but like it plays on that Will Smith charm. Yeah. That part of the movie's fine, but like all the other stuff is horrible. All the other genie stuff is bad. And I'm sorry, you just didn't feel Robin Williams shoes and who the fuck could 
It was a mistake and it's, trying. It's terrible I think. because you're literally line for line, song for song. A lot of it is yeah. trying to fill it, and that shit. It only works when it's not when he. It's a new joke and it's something different. Then it worked. It kind of worked better. Yeah, they should have dumped as much except as for they the, could have. the new. Some of the new lines in the songs are pretty bad though. There's some new lines on a couple of the songs. He changes a little bit. Will Smith shouldn't it. have shouldn't sing. Not a singer. Yeah, he no. And he shouldn't rap. Hey, well, hey, shut up. <laughs> in this movie there was like a couple lines where he was like rapping and it was like this is you sound bad listen will smith is a national treasure then he either needs to go all in he does at the end do credits as an end credit song better that should have been in the movie ruined by a dj khaled throwdown DJ khaled. i hate that shit but uh i did appreciate how there was a will smith song at the end of the movie and i was like oh it's back to the 90s this is what old millennials remembers is all about a lot movie soundtracks with uh, will yes. smith songs on it but no speaking of good soundtracks so watched aladdin we yeah. just watched a movie that had a good soundtrack, and you didn't talk about it at all. What movie was that? The last episode. What episode was that? Stargate. Oh, <laughs> it has a good theme song. You're right. I was going to say that, but we got so a into good the soundtrack. It does it have like a good the one. Good thing you had to say about that movie and the helmets. <laughs> <laughs> and the helmets. I like the helmets. I did like the the theme, and they used that theme in a lot of movie trailers after Stargate came out. So, yeah, I know that Alan Silvestri uh, joint. No point in talking about it now. People who love Stargate aren't listening Go to Go back this. to that last episode where we just dogged all over fucking yeah. Stargate. Go back to episode seven. You're like, well, and the, you're listening to it now. It's like, whoa, that bitch, they, at least they talk about the good, objective good thing about the score being good. Nope, we didn't, nope, we didn't, we didn't even didn't. bring it up once. I forgot. I forgot about it. Okay. So that's what we've been watching recently. No, I got other stuff. Oh, fuck. Tyler. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good, because I don't have a whole lot to say about The Abyss, so <laughs> rock it out, bub. Okay. So the new movie I saw was The Way Back, and it's a basketball drama where Ben Affleck, my boy. My, my boy, boy? My boy, Ben Affleck. He's sad Affleck. One of my favorite subgenres of Affleck yep. is sad Affleck. Uh-huh. He is an alcoholic uh, who is a former basketball star in high school. Alcoholic, terrible things have happened to his life, and now he's been asked to go and coach his old uh, Catholic team, high school team, or whatever. Okay. It's uh, coming on the heels of Affleck, I think, relapsing in his own alcoholism maybe a year ago or so. Yeah. And so he definitely has been doing interviews and talking a lot about that, which I think has been good, and I like his perspective. And I got to say, listen, the movie is very much like a sports high school coach. You've seen it before, right? It's got those same beats. Someone who's struggling through a a pro, you know, it's a very uh, familiar familiar story. You've seen it before. It's not necessarily like a a superior version of that, but mm-hmm. Affleck, it's so good in the movie. I, I okay. What if you didn't love him? I think he's legitimately really if good. You, if you didn't always get a hard on when you saw him on no, screen, would I, you? Have the same opinion? He's objectively great in the movie, and I think for whatever reason he's channeling his own issues. I think, and you would have to agree that in the right part, Ben Affleck is very good. Yeah. We've had episodes like Ranger Games where we've talked about him, or even Phantoms, unfortunately. Even though everybody thinks he was the bomb in Phantoms, maybe maybe he wasn't as big of a bomb as he was in Oh, some he was a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> he's okay. He's got that Not cowboy. the bomb. He's got a good hat in that movie. I mean, the hat deserves a credit. No, I think Ben Affleck is good when he's doing the right kind of role for him, right? Mm-hmm. There's, totally. He did have a, and a, you know, I think he spoke about it more than anybody. There's been stretches of his career where he's done the wrong movies, been in bad movies where he's just not suited for the part, right? But through those inklings, too, he's been very good. I think in the movies he's directed, The Town and Argo, he's especially very good in those movies. Which is weird because usually people aren't good at directing themselves. Well, I, or they 
or it isn't like a, a necessarily a highlight of the movie. Like they kind of are there to get by. Like if Clint Eastwood directs himself in a movie, you're not saying like that's a spectacular Clint Eastwood acting performance. You're like, well, no, he he handled himself fine in that movie. He also directed. You know what I mean? Like okay. mm-hmm. it's delivering like what he needs to deliver. I I like Affleck in a lot of movies. I think he's probably never been better. He's really good. If this was like a later year thing, and I, he would, I think he would be in the conversation. He's that good. It's so early in the year, he'll get forgotten. But he's really good. The other thing I'll say about it is that it does well. It does follow kind of the usual beat of a, a sports drama, a coach or whatever. There's a basketball game at about an hour twenty ish, maybe mm-hmm. maybe two thirds the way through. Big thing moment freeze frame shot of Affleck reacting to this game, right? Seems like the ending, right? 20 more minutes of the movie where he goes through a lot of dark shit. And I thought that that was an interesting play. Like, it made a point of pointing out... uh, This is where the movie's supposed to end. But no, hey, this guy's a fucking alcoholic who's had trauma in his life, and he didn't recover just because his basketball team won. This is his life. And so the next 20 minutes, I think, is just kind of like a real great turning point for the movie to really kind of make it into something else, which I thought was, uh, while uh, familiar, I thought it was pretty emotionally impactful. So cool. he was great. It was made by the director who made The Accountant with Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. another performance liked, where he's pretty good in. You know, I liked that movie. Yeah, yeah he, I, listen, I know, I'm he's my boy. I love Ben Affleck, cause I, but I think it's because I like him and he's done, he's done enough really good work that I'm just like, nah, anytime he makes a bad performance, like, yeah, that wasn't good for you, but when he hones in, man, I like him. I like him a lot. I like him in that movie, Changing Lanes, with my other boy, Sam Jackson. I'm a Ben Affleck fan. I like sad Affleck. I liked him as Batman in Batman vs. Superman. He played a good, sad Batman. Oh, my God. <laughs> Batman's always sad. Wouldn't it be weird to have, like, a happy-go-lucky... I mean, Adam West was a little bit of a happy-go-lucky uh, Batman, dancing and whatnot. Where are you? I'm talking about Affleck, and you're just sitting here. I'm just waiting. Just <laughs> waiting for you to be done talking about Ben. I'm done. So, um, the other movies I saw are related to The Abyss. So, um, I don't know how we want to bring those up. Do you want to get started on The Abyss? Should I bring it up now? This is kind of where the, 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 this, uh, movie, this idea for this episode came about. You just shake, don't shake your head. That is not going to be picked up on audio when you just shake your head. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. I told you you needed to leave this podcast because I am A tired and B. Why? I fell asleep a little bit in this movie. <laughs> well, we did watch the director's cut, which was, I think you confirmed it, two hours and 51 minutes. Um, What would you like to do? I don't like your attitude. Well, do you want to fucking talk about the movies that you told me you were going to talk about now? Or do you want to just randomly talk about them throughout the... Let's... You can randomly bring them up. Okay. No, I'll do... Okay. I'll just do it now. Oh, my God. I fucking hate you so much. Why do you do this to me? You asked me what I fucking I was want, thinking about I it. I make a decision. I was thinking I about it. I share it, and then you're like, opposite. I, I was thinking about it. It's a good introduction. You're such a fucking rebel. Opposite. So- I've been meaning to, this was, a, like many of the movies that we planned for this uh, podcast, it was a, um, one of the movies that we collected from eBay. <laughs> like, we got a DVD for like two ninety nine or dollar ninety nine that we haven't watched in a while or is notable, right? And it's James Cameron, who I, we have probably seen his, a lot of his other movies a lot more than we've seen The Abyss, like Terminator and Terminator 2 and aliens. Titanic, Aliens, yeah. So, what I came across was like, I knew that there was another, like, undersea movie that came out around this time. And it was called Leviathan. Well, it was finally, like, just randomly on my screen of, like, you should... Because 
Amazon Prime has learned that I we, we're all about those '80s movies. Yeah, they're learning. The <laughs> so algorithm like, is responding. It's like here to you us. go. Hey, you you watched uh, <laughs> because you watched because you watched Raw Deal with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I don't think we're going to do an episode on. Oh, oh, what the hell? We're not. <laughs> we have to finish it, but uh, <laughs> I know what we're doing in about twenty minutes. Oh, okay, we're finishing the movie. Okay. But, like, it came up, and I was like, oh, I've never seen this other movie. And so this is when I realized it wasn't just, like, around that time. It was the same year. So The Abyss is the big one that came out. But there's actually, like, three other movies that were about this very same thing in 1989. There was this, like, stretch, and maybe this stretch has always happened, where these movies get made made at the same exact right. time and out at the same exact time. It's not like they're Netflix rip-offs mm. like nowadays that we see. In well, they do it on purpose. They know something in production. They name it something similar so that you get tricked at the red yes. box to buying it or renting it. This is different where it's like it's the idea is in the zeitgeist. Right. And the idea gets planted into into talented people and into not talented right. people. Now, and tell yeah. me which which ones you're sharing. Well, I think us. maybe like it's possible that a couple maybe one of these because as we know about James Cameron his productions tend to stretch on for a long time. There's trouble, they get announced and so people know he's making something so maybe some of these cheaper studios are like fuck we should make a underwater movie while he's make we'll probably get ours out before he gets his out cuz he's so perfectionist, right? So, yeah, I watched Leviathan, which is kind of like of these other ones is probably the biggest of those ones. And what's interesting about all of these, because it, The Abyss is not this, all these other movies are alien ripoffs. Where it's basically people are on a ship, in this case they're in a submarine or something, right? Or they're on an undersea base, and an alien creature attacks them, and they have to survive on their base, right? And this is not The Abyss? That's not what The Abyss is all, at all. That's not what The Abyss is at all. It's not like attacking, but... That's not what the abyss is at all. I mean, I think when it was announced, they're like, "Oh, there's something called the abyss. There's something that's down there." That's what the people are like. Well, we should make this movie before he makes it, right? Um, so yeah, the Leviathan is definitely just an alien ripoff, but it has pretty solid cast. It's an underwater alien ripoff. Pretty much, yeah. They're under under a base. This one has a little better production design in terms of like it does seem like they put some people in some tanks and walked them underwater. And it actually looks like that happened. Not to the extent the Abyss does. The Abyss has some fucking incredible underwater uh, photography. This movie is definitely less, but there's something going on there. And it's, uh, but like Peter Weller, who's in it, who's in all sorts of 80s and 90s movies, right? My boy Ernie Hudson from like Ghostbusters and, you know, Congo, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's there. Daniel Stern, wet bandit himself. He's a, a guy on, he's the, uh, the loudmouth, uh, sexist guy who's just a terrible person. So, of course, he's the one who gets, like, infected first. Mm -hmm. And he get, dies a horrible death, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's that. And uh, there's an actual creature that uh, conjures up and uh, attacks them. And then the thing about all these space movies, right, is that there is this issue with pressurization, right? Where you get the bends or you have to depressure before you go up, right? Before yes. you get or you get killed or something yes. essentially, right? So that's the big problem with all these uh, movies. It's always a big driver of their decisions, right? The deal about uh, Leviathan, it's that this kind of annoying thing where like the main lead actress and Peter Weller, they've escaped, they've gone up to the top. You think the movie's over. Ernie Hudson's made it all the way to the end. And then the fucking monster shows up right at the top of the water and eats poor, kills poor Ernie Hudson. It's bullshit, man. Killing a lot of fucking black guys in these movies back in the day, weren't we? Jesus. Right? So, of the ones I watched, besides The Abyss, this one was, like, okay, because there were people in it that I recognized, right? I think Hector Elizondo's in it, too. So there's some people, right? So then, you, you finish watching Leviathan on Amazon Prime, 
and it's like, hey, you want to watch Deep Star or yeah, Deep Star Six? I'm like, ooh, Deep Star Six, 1989, underwater base alien monster attacks them. Jesus. Same movie, right? Only this one is like decidedly smaller budget. The be- the biggest name in here is Miguel Ferrer, who's in. He's mostly just a B actor in a lot of movies that you've seen him, and he plays a dick who. The most notable thing about him is that he wants he takes a stub sub at the end because he's getting the bends right because every time you're down here someone gets the bends and they start yeah. going crazy right well he goes crazy and he makes some self decisions goes up in his space in his uh, submarine too fast and you know he explodes or something because he gets the Whoa, depressurization. I'm pulling up some pictures of the alien though. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool looking. Which one? I mean, peek it out at me. Is that Deep Star Six or is that the yeah Deep Star Six? The problem with Deep Star Six is that you don't see that monster. You maybe see it like that. Like those shots are like the two only two shots that you really see the thing in the movie. Oh, and there's this big thing. Yeah, it, there's not a lot going on there, and it takes a long time for that shit to show up. Hmm. Leviathan's monster, I think, looks cheesier, but it, like I said, the budget's a little bit bigger, and it's got the cast to kind of throw it around. And then. There's another one I also discovered called Lords of the Deep, which is apparently even worse, and I didn't uh, I didn't have that one available to me, so I did not watch it. So I went down this deep dive <laughs> oh, oh. of all these movies, and I wanted to watch uh, Sphere, which is not from 1989, but that's that Michael Crichton book, which was, by the way, when I was a kid, because I loved Jurassic Park so much, read the book Jurassic Park, loved the movie. I went on that middle school run of reading Michael Crichton books, and mm-hmm. my by far my favorite besides Jurassic Park was Sphere. Sphere was a pretty good, um, you know, adventure dad book. You know, Clyde yeah. Klusler, uh, you know, Kluser, whatever. Uh, James Patterson, you know, the pop pop uh, authors, right? Uh, Sphere was a really good book, and then they made I think it was ninety eight when Sphere came out, and I was mm-hmm. very excited about Sphere when that came out in nineteen ninety eight because I was like. You know, just starting high school, maybe or end of middle school, and it had my boy Sam Jackson sure, in it, sure, sure. Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone, and that movie. I, maybe we will do this as an episode at some point. Maybe not right now because we just did the Abyss, but that's a fascinating movie in that it. I think most people think that it's pretty bad, and it isn't. It isn't very good, but I, because I think if you like the book, it kind of like well, you can kind of like get behind it a little bit. It's like oh, they're trying to do the book. This is a really hard uh, story to tell. That's more like Event Horizon in a lot of ways, kind of in terms of like yeah. a little bit. It, yeah. Those came out the same time. I think that's yes, probably why. Did. So, but we didn't, I didn't watch that one, but I have that on DVD because okay. I already had that previously. I didn't have to go to eBay to buy the Sphere. Such a dork. But anyway, then we watched Mainline, The Abyss. Mainline. Oh, hold on. Yeah, Question. you're raising your hand. Did you see Underwater that came out in January of 2020? No, I'm excited. I actually heard that's like Christian Stewart, right? Yeah. I'm kind of on board for watching that movie. I'd it's like, like to see the it. Abyss. It's like a low, yeah. It's like a kind of a small budget kind of deal. It's I'm an excited about that. No, movie. I'm aware of it. I know. I'm aware that it didn't make any money. I'm aware that some people don't like it, but I'm also aware that other people like it. And I'm also aware that it seems like it's my kind of movie. I feel like we should have watched it should've. for this conversation. I, you know what? I think it came and went from the theater so fast. It's I don't in even remember. Now. Yeah, it was in. It came out in January. It did. Like, gone January. and I don't think it's playing anywhere near us. January hasn't 10th, for a while. Twenty twenty. One hour thirty five minutes. It's lean, mean, and ready to go. Unlike the movie we're talking about today. Right. Or, and I haven't even watched like the, what's that, uh, un- 47 meters down. Both of those movies are on Netflix. I haven't watched any of those. That's where they're stuck in a cage at the bottom of the thing. Wake up. I'm Wake going up. down. Wake up. You're boring me. The Abyss. 1989. James Cameron. The big one. The big one of 89. <gasps> 27 minutes in, babe. Well, you don't have anything to say about The Abyss, so I'm just filling time, baby. Baby? Uh, baby? 
Okay. I'm talking like Aaron Harris kind of talks like that in this movie, only well, not like uh, Tyler. Before we watch this movie, you sat down and wrote what you remembered. Yeah. I'll go first. Okay. What we remember is the part where we sit down and we write what we remember. Like <laughs> what I just said. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Here's what I wrote. The Abyss, 1989. What do you remember? I don't remember. Good job. Good job. Okay. I've been seeing a theme lately in your descriptions writing. You keep picking fucking movies that I have no emotional tie to and have never fucking seen. You keep saying, just pick a fucking movie. <laughs> I think we're both correct here. <laughs> So what I wrote for my... You're such a dick. You just made a dick comment. <laughs> you were, like, impersonating me in a really, really w- rude way. <laughs> Wait, does this sound like you? I'm just gonna... This is, I'm gonna try to recreate you. the I voice. I hate you so much. <laughs> just pick a fucking movie. That doesn't, a fucking movie. That doesn't sound like you, You know it? sound like you? <laughs> <laughs> that goes back a lot of years doing that joke. <laughs> Pre-recording. Still holds up. Um, okay, so what I wrote for mine... Uh, what do I remember? <laughs> Well, the first thing I wrote on my notes was actually... <laughs> now you got hiccups. Oh, no. Can't have that on a podcast. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you can hold your breath. The first thing I wrote on my notes was, fuck you, THX intro, because this DVD starts with that, uh, you know, that THX. Remember the old uh, THX thing where, the, like, the loud noise would come up? Uh, the, the... That shit, you know, and they did it in the movie theater a bunch, too? I hate that shit. If I wasn't trying to get rid of my hiccups, I would have pulled it up for you. Don't play it. I hate it. <laughs> to the point where, usually when, because a lot of DVDs used to have at the beginning of their movies, I would mute that shit before it came on. It was just like a noise that I couldn't stand. So that's the first thing I wrote was, uh, fuck you, THX intro. Thanks a lot, George Lucas. Which one do you not like? This one? <laughs> <laughs> the noise of you coughing? That was not bad. No, I... <laughs> La 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 I hate it. Stop it. Turn it off. No one's gonna hear that because you were la la lying right through the microphone. No one deserves to hear that. It's horrible. I had it on very low, you fuck. I hate it. It's a horrible sound. Okay. Ed Harris and some scientists at the bottom of the ocean discover aliens that make water blobs through corridors like flubber. I think I've seen this movie exactly once more than 20 years ago. James Cameron swinging his director dick around. Did you write that? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Well, that's the big storyline of The Abyss, right? Is well, that... first question. First question. Mm-hmm. How many times have you talked about James Cameron's dick? This is the first time, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. He's swinging his big dick around. He likes to do that. Oh, you think he has a big dick? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I think he... Like <laughs> <laughs> he's snorting. Yeah. I, I think he thinks he has a big dick, yes. I don't know if he. I don't know if he knows that he has a big dick. I think he thinks he does. I think his movies indicate that he does not have a big dick. Hence, all the compensating. He's like, I'm the king of the world. Yeah, I'm the king of the dicks. He's all look at my giant submarine. He's been to submarines. That's a big time thing for him. Yeah, years and years of just submarine shit. Yeah, big dick swinging. James Cameron, feel free to guest star <laughs> on our podcast he's and too, prove that you do or do not have a big dick. He's too busy making nine Avatar sequels that no one cares about and also probably putting a bunch of blue penises on people. Ooh. I'm guessing. Ooh, okay. If you're going to make, I'm just saying, if you're going to make like four Avatar sequels, right? Make no, one no, of them wait, hard wait, R. Wait, 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 What? Remember Avatar, that blue thing movie that happened to be Fern the- Gully? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Pocahontas it, got it. Believe it or not. One of the biggest movies of all time, if not, it was the biggest movie of all time until Avengers Endgame beat it, although without inflation, right? I know, it's unbelievable. If you watch it, Avatar, you're like, this was the movie everybody saw? It's insane. Because it's like, it's fine. It's not like the worst thing, but I'm also just like, 
people went and saw this like nine times or whatever? I don't believe it. Anyway, he's making now years after it's been out for years, right? He's finally getting these fucking Avatar sequels going, but he's making like multiples of them, like Why? three or four of them. Because I think he thinks that people are like, it's the biggest movie of all time. People can't wait for Avatar. I think most people are going to be like, eh, Avatar, who cares? Mm, yeah. But if you're going to make that many sequels, fine. Your number two will be your PG-13 standard sequel. But I think like that third one should be a hard R, lots of blue swinging dick around. Hard R, let's just go M-A, N-C-17. Dick, swinging, sex scenes, blue sex scenes all over the place. Just go for it. You're spending all the money that you're doing it together to save money, right? To make all the sequels at once. Mm-hmm. That's just a money-saving enterprise. One should just be your hard R, dick swinging movie. I'm I'm noticing a trend where you're very um, into dick. Yeah. <laughs> is there something you want to tell me about I'm or fa- <laughs> talk through? I'm fascinated by a specific thing. It's when people are just swinging their dicks around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. In movies. Yeah. Like either, either literally <laughs> or metaphorically, which is a happens in a lot of movies where there's a lot of testosterone, a lot of dick swinging going on. Okay. I'm interested in that metaphorically and literally. Okay. Was there more to this list? Of what? I, things you're interested in with dick? <laughs> no, it's just it's just dick swinging in, in oh my relation. God, you're giving me a in relation. Oh my god! It's dick swinging in relation to big budget movie making, either literally or figuratively. Okay. Um, would you like to continue with what do you remember? <laughs> what are we talking about <laughs> this movie? <laughs> well, I was saying like the big story. People remember, I think the. The production problems with this movie more than what they talk about the movie. Do you? I remember? read that already. Oh, you read that. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so we were done with that. Yes, we're done okay. with that. Oh, that's right. I was making a comment about how you talked about. Okay, I'm. Woo. Okay. High stats. <laughs> Give me those high <laughs> oh, stats. My side hurts so bad. Give me those high stats. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Um. The abyss. Not just abyss. Yeah. The Get abyss. The abyss in there came out in on August 9th. Oh, not a great release date. I love it when you comment on the release dates. Will you, will you, at a very high level, break down what good release dates are in general and what are bad release <laughs> like dates? Like a high level, like, ah, this is a good, like high level or like? No, like, like not specifically, but like in general. Well, I feel like a movie. No, you gotta say it higher because it's high level. Well, I feel like, <laughs> well, I feel like a movie with a big budget <laughs> should be. Released in the early summer or okay, around no, Christmas just, time? Okay, say it normal. No one was listening. Okay. Um, when it has a big budget and there, there's some hype behind it, it seems like it's smarter to release that shit early in the summer. It's different now. You can open a big movie anytime. Of the, you know, I think they've proven that. But And this was the 80, late 80s, but still, like you want to get that shit out where it either could have some legs and play... Or so it almost feels like a fall movie or even like a November Christmas release. But August, I mean, it used to be that August was kind of a dumping ground after like the first week. It was like movies weren't as good. They came out at the end of summer because it's like all the good movies of the summer came out earlier in the summer. Right. So it seems to me like not a great release date, but maybe 89. I don't know. Maybe that maybe that worked. How much money did it make? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it was rated PG-13. It was a god awful I don't know what the theater time play was, but we watched it, and it was like eight hours long. Just, we watched the director's cut. It's two fifty one. So that's what's listed on here. It's two fifty one. It was shorter. It was like two twenty. Two twenty five. I mean, I don't. I mean, I disagree with you a little bit, but okay. So apparently, he makes the Terminators. He makes Aliens, and then he's like, "I want to make this cool movie." He makes the first Terminator. 
He makes aliens. Terminator Two doesn't come out until okay. after this. So then they're like, "Cool, you're cool. You can, you got this. <laughs> We're gonna give you seventy million dollars." That is a lot of money in eighty nine uh, eighty nine bucks. That's and a then, lot. That bad boy's only gonna gross worldwide ninety million. Yeah, that's not a good return. You fucked up. Yeah. Woo, buddy. That's a big. Okay. It's a big swing and a big just like yeah, only recouping like cost. Yeah, million. Yeah. I, well, I mean. How what's the worldwide total? 90, was ninety total? Out of yeah. seventy million dollar budget. Maybe you should have picked a better release date. Maybe you shouldn't have made a shitty movie. It's not shitty. Well, that's to be argued. I by guess you. we're gonna have an argument. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> well, I think what people remember about uh, what gets talked about a lot about the abyss is there's a this director's cut that has this big sequence of tidal waves at the end that wasn't in the regular cut that gets talked about a lot and when DVD came out DVD. they were every time you bought a DVD by a certain company there'd be like that promo be like get some DVD interactive menus and it would show the water blob from this movie moving through the menu Ooh, and it would also be like bonus features and director cuts and they would show a clip of Ed Harris reacting to seeing giant tidal waves going around like the abyss was like their big like get dvd this is where you could see all this awesome shit fun fact ed harris doesn't get to see the he giant sees on waves. T- well he sees it on tv not really not really but yeah but they show a they think the way that yeah. they sequence in the trailer yep. so i remember that more than i actually remember the movie because i think this is a movie that i watched like on tv one time and it was the regular cut right so i never saw this tidal wave business the other thing that gets talked about a lot is that the two main actors in this movie ed harris and mary elizabeth I always get her last name Mastri Antonio. What's her name? Mastro Antonio. Okay, so they've those two actors in particular uh, have been very vocal about really hating working on this movie because it was a fucking nightmare. I think everyone who's worked on this movie has been very vocal about it. But he doesn't. Ed Harris doesn't like talk about it. Neither does she. He doesn't bring it up. Like if you can't, he won't bring it up. Like he promoted the movie when it came out, but then that was it because he was pissed off at James Cameron for basically trying to fucking drown everybody like for six months. There's so many stories about how terrible this was. Yeah, it was. And if you watch it, you're like, holy shit! Yeah, this seems like a fucking nightmare to film because. It's spectacular what they do because it's all thing. If they made this movie now, it would not be Which made they underwater. Did, right? Well, we're gonna see it, Kristen Stewart. Well, they underwater. can do that under. I mean, they can yeah. do it so much easier now because yeah. there's CGI and there's things you can do to simulate water, right? Like, no, James Cameron was like, we're gonna go fucking film this whole fucking thing underwater, and we're just gonna do it. And not only that, we're not gonna have a bunch of scenes where we're like these other movies, like Leviathan and shit like that, where they're just in their base the whole time. A lot of this movie is like them diving and being underwater and yeah. doing shit underwater and big long sequences of that and that to me is one incredibly impressive and fun to watch but two being like holy shit this must have been horrible to make and it by all accounts was horrible to make mm-hmm. so that's what gets talked about but we don't often talk about uh, the movie itself okay let's talk about the movie itself you didn't like it I don't know. It's just too long. It's just too long. The basic setup is there's a a sub, a U.S. sub that has crashed or hit something. They think like some Russians have maybe hit it. It's stuck underwater. They need to rescue it real quick. The there's some side note. It has a nuclear bomb on. Oh, it. yeah, it got nuclear weapons. The, the the special edition kind of adds more of this uh co- the conflict, Cold, Cold War. War conflict going on, right? And Ed Harris are like, I want to always say that they're oil drillers because this just keeps reminding me of like Armageddon, right? This idea of like the the non-professional. Uh, I thought they were. 
They are like they're they are no, oil they're drillers. professional divers. They are people. No, no, I get confused because Levi. A lot of these other ones where they're under bases, they are they're like divers. They're you drillers. explained a lot of shit to me when I kept falling asleep. So what you're telling me is you got it all wrong. In these other movies, no, there's some like they're always drilling at the bottom of the earth and stuff like that. But in this case, these guys are like professional divers. And no, but it's an experimental underwater drilling platform that they're working on. Oh, they are drillers then. Yeah, they're engineers. The two, the gal and him. Yeah. But they're, they have experienced diving and stuff like that. At least some of them do. Or he does, but maybe not everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but they get roped into... It's a civil... They're civilians is the point, right? Mm-hmm. And the military have roped them in because they're close and they have the expertise to go down and do this, right? So they are the ones that get sent into the submarine to see what's going on. And they get joined by a bunch of military guys, including Michael Bean, who is... Uh, James Cameron uh, regular uh, somewhat, right? So they go, I mean, they... So Ed Harris is estranged from his wife. She's the one who's in charge of this thing, but they're not together anymore, but they have a relationship. Again, the special edition fleshes this out more. They have a big more scenes where they're fighting and yeah. talking about their marriage, right? A lot of sequences of them going into the sub. This Ed Harris and his team of people who are not equipped to being seeing no. horrible shit, right? Because that's what's what I, what I like about the movie is that it keeps changing what it is, right? Yes. There's new things, there's new challenges, there's new things getting thrown on top of it, top of it, and I like that it always is changing, right? So, you think the movie's going to be a rescue mission? They go down there, they discover dead bodies, which is fucked up because they're just like these guys aren't professionals or whatever. So, I mean, there's no there's no one to rescue, right? That's done. So now there's just dead people. So you get this whole thing, right? And then there's the military, and they, they're they worried about nuclear warheads or what happened to the other thing. So they're concerned about that. Storm comes in, and they get trapped at the bottom of their base. So that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the the lady, Mary Elizabeth. Is it Mary Elizabeth? Just call her Mary Elizabeth. Yes. Mary Elizabeth. She, she starts seeing some glowy shit outside. Yeah. We see some other weird shit going on a little bit, but that's not what the problem is yet. Because then like, there's a storm, and there's a fucking crane that collapses and crashes the whole thing down. Yeah. And then Michael Bean, the military guy, he goes and sneaks off and takes a nuclear warhead, and he's like, got nuclear warheads now, and they're thinking about... crazy. They're going... Because he's starting... He's, right off the bat, he's getting, like, the fucking the bends. bends and shit already. Mm-hmm. He's getting losing his mind. So you got this guy's problem. They're trapped at the bottom. He's got nukes. He's going crazy. They have to eventually stop him from being a fucking crazy person, where they're gonna go shoot off a nuke and start World War Three. That all's going on. And yep. then, on top of it, there's a fucking alien blob water thing that's coming through their fucking... The yep. base yep. is looking at them, turning the water into faces, and scaring everybody and being freaky, but we don't know if it's a scary alien or it not. It doesn't seem to be hurting them. It is freaking them out. And this is one of those early instances of, like, CGI that was used. The water effect is kind of this, again, this movie is more noteworthy for its, like, stories behind the scenes and its production and its use of this water effect, right? What people remember about it, right? Uh-huh. But I just like how it's just one thing after another. Something happens, something gets stacked on top of it. That's true. It does click along in that regard. And there's just a lot of these really... Sp- I mean, especially... Say, again, you didn't watch these other uh, lesser versions of this, right? Where they're underwater, and you see even the ones that they do where they're underwater and they're walking around. It's not nearly as impressive as these free diving sequences where there's submarines roaming around this huge area, people in suits underwater roaming around these huge areas. It's legitimately fantastic to watch and it's just like that's the kind of this whole podcast has been about uh what we like about this era of movie making and just like big 
but like done on a practical level and doing things like in camera and just like impressing with the ability to do things and pulling this off. It was apparently a nightmare to film, but I think the result is pretty spectacular. You mm-hmm. get to see a lot of shit that you don't see in a lot of other movies, yeah. including the ones that are copying it or mm-hmm. trying to be just like it, right? Yes. So I just, this is kind of my jam, at least for a while anyway. I don't, we could talk about the ending, which I think is, there's some things to talk about, but I don't know. You seem to disagree with me. I don't totally disagree with you. Okay. Well, the problem was that we watched it late at night and I fell asleep. <laughs> I mean, let's be really vulnerable and honest here. This kind of movie is right up my alley. It is. Right? There's like a chase scene with a fucking little sub and a tiny little diver thing and they're like chasing each other. And That's when the ben, guy. the ben guy, they have like a, yes. there's a fucking mini sub chase I mean, sequence in this movie. That shit is right up my alley. Some things I didn't love about the movie okay. include uh, just a lot of women... There's the one. Oh, <laughs> goody! There's the one. She's build two, build number two. There's no, there's another lady who's like the, oh yeah, like she likes her. Is that the country music? I yeah. get. See, I'm getting these movies confused a little yeah, bit because I watched all these uh, yes. underwater She's a movies. Black lady who loves country. She music. She likes the country. Then she kind of yeah. doesn't have much to do later in the mm-hmm. movie, unfortunately. But not a lot of the other characters get a lot to do later, even though some of them survive. But they just aren't around as much, I guess. Because um, the, the real meat of the story is between these two. The the ex couple essentially that are trying to re- recoup their marriage while also trying to solve this problem, right? I think what I usually love about movies like this, like what you were just saying, is that it just piles the shit on. Yeah. I, for some reason, didn't love that it piled all the shit on. It was like this, and then it was that, and then there's ending number one, and ending number two, and ending number three, and ending number four. I think you might have been more on board with the regular cut because it's shorter, and you would have been able to get to these sequences a little bit faster. And it would build. I think you would, and and we probably would have able to. You wouldn't have fallen asleep. We could have watched it in one yeah. shot. Would have, I think would have helped the, your um, your view of it. I would say. What do you think was really unique about this movie? Just like what what gets you? Well, I mean, I will say I don't. I don't necessarily think the characters are very. I mean, there's nothing especially dynamic about them. I like Ed Harris, but I like him as an actor. And so I just like his energy in terms of what he brings to pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Everybody else other than Michael Bean, who's just kind of doing the going crazy business. I think he's fine at that, but it's not like there's not, it's not overwhelmingly full of dynamic characters, I would say. Mm-hmm. And it, that probably hurts it a little bit in terms of just like being memorable. But I mean, I think the, the star of the show is kind of just like the production design and the fact that they're doing all this shit out in the water. And But I mean, James Cameron... I mean, say what you will about him. He knows how to make big scale things thrilling. Like he knows how to put together sequences like this that feel like they're well staged and they're kinetic and they build upon each other. So, I mean, he's a master at that kind of thing. Whether I mean, he's maybe an asshole to work for, but I mean, he is able to do this over and over again, time and time again, just kind of delivering kind of things that you don't see in other movies. Like he, no other, not a lot of directors maybe could do this. Even like Spielberg and Spielberg can do big scale, but I, I mean, I don't know. James Cameron's got a handle on this very specific kind of movie that not a lot of other people could probably do. And so there's something about that, I I would say. I could see that. Yeah, that's all you could say? Mm-hmm. That's all you could say? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think you're right. I think I, I should not have watched the director's cut. In I think, general, I don't do well with director's cuts. Yeah, I mean, 
it, it would play, I think, a little bit tighter. I don't know if the Cold War business really adds much it to the movie. It doesn't add fucking any value whatsoever. And I don't know if more scenes of Ed Harris and Mary Elizabeth together kind of figuring out the relationship, because that's a lot of the new stuff. I don't know if it's doing that much work in terms no. of what's interesting and what's not. It's not. I think you can do more with less, especially since the, it's not really the focus. It is. It turns out to be the focus of the climax, which, which I think is, is problematic. Fucking obnoxious. It works. The one I think it's now. I I might be mistaken, but I think the best stuff between them is when it's toward the end when he's diving all the way down to the spaceship to stop the nuke from blowing up the alien spaceship or whatever, and he can listen to her. But he has to type back, and so the, like she's back, yeah. she's talking a lot, and he can only respond in a few different words, and that I think works really well. Like there's enough dynamic there where they're reconciling or they're talking about their their life. Although we were having fun, she's at one point is like trying to tell him about like something they did like with candlelight dinner or whatever, and she's going really kind of kind of specific but vague enough to be like okay. But then like right away, this other the other one of the other friend guys comes over. He's this bearded guy with this red hat, and he's just like you think he chimes in like. What I, what it seemed like he was gonna say was like yeah remember when I was there filming it you know what I mean <laughs> like <laughs> yeah remember when you banged with the two candlelights it was just yeah. a weird time to jump in for it him was. he's like oh hold on that that just jogged my memory of this other thing that we did and he yes. just had to get on the microphone it was weird but I think that scene works better than all the previous scenes of them together and that's technically not one where they're they're sharing time the other thing that scene that I think works is when they are deciding after they have their sub chase and they have to their sub is damaged they have to get back to the main base and they have to decide that's that that's a good scene. He's got a suit that's working. She doesn't, and he wants to take it off and give it to her and do this thing. But she's like, "No, there's not enough time." It just like drag me in the fucking cold water. I'm gonna die of hypothermia. But when you get out, just try to jumpstart my heart, and we'll see what happens. And that's fucking crazy. And their dynamic there, because what I like about Ed Harris in that scene especially is like he has to go through and his pro- he's processing like. She's right. This is the only way we're going to be able to survive this. And that is like, I, there's no time for me to take the suit off. I can't even say, I can't even save her. I can't like kill myself to save her. There's no time for it. Yep. So I like that acting and that performance. And like, it's pretty, it's pretty tense scene. Right. And then, yeah, we get a long scene of them trying to revive her. Man, this shit goes on forever. That was though. unnecessary. Goes on a long like time. That. And she's got her chest exposed too, which I think is a little bit weird for the, I mean, I get it, I guess for realism. No. But no. it's just not, it doesn't uh, have to be. It's weird. It's a weird thing that goes on for a long time. I Because there's a point where, like, I think that there's this idea that, like, people people know it's either a cheat, so they have to go... There's this balance of, like, well, if we go long enough, we'll trick people into thinking that she's going to die. But, but we see, all know that she's not going to. But see, James Cameron knows that that's a cliche, so he's like, okay, what we have to do then is that we have to go that length and then double it. So then it's, like, so long that, yeah. like, we know we really are going to kill her. And then, then bring her back. Which I think is a mistake. I think if you're going to bring her back, just bring her back really fast. Just bring her back. Let's move on with the movie. Yeah. You've, so, you've done the hard part. Well, I like that whole setup. And I, I think there's some good acting there. But, yeah, it goes on too long. And, and that like, feels like... He's, like, slapping her. Ah, it's fucking dumb. What's crazy is that, like, that's not even, like... It feels like a big climax. We've gotten rid of the villain. That's ending number one. That's why. And then... But we've got another... Especially with the director's cut, we got another, like, half hour to go because he's got to go deep dive in to go to the alien spaceship. So, I mean, yeah, it does feel like... And we got to have this whole sequence because there's this uh, rat that they demonstrate this liquid breathing, which is a real uh, idea. There's this concept of, like, technology where you can do liquid breathing, right? They've experimented on animals, and apparently in the movie they use they did it for real with the rat or something, which apparently didn't hurt it. I don't know. Yeah, Whatever. Right. Yeah, I don't know about the story there. 
But so in the movie, they have Ed Harris do it. It's never been done like that before. But there's this kind of drawn out sequence where he like has to get used to it. And I guess this is the scene, one of the scenes where Ed Harris was really pissed because he like had to. Because he about fucking drowned. Well, they fill up his tank, like with the the images, they fill up his helmet with water, which, okay. I understand that it kind of looks, it looks real. It really did fill it up with water. But what I'm saying is, is that we got kids. And we have kids that have baby doll toys. And those baby doll toys often come with a little uh, bottle that has milk in it. And if you tip it one way, it looks like the milk fills up. And if you tip it another way, it goes empty. <laughs> and I'm just saying, the technology is there to like create a sequence, not with CGI, where you could fill up a tank that looks like it's full of water, but he's actually... like There's two layers. There's a layer that fills up with the water, and then there's a layer where he's just in a helmet. Mm-hmm. Seems like uh, pretty easy. Now, why, are you giving, why are you making yourself trouble? Why are you pissing off Ed Harris? Realism, Tyler, to make it look real. Yeah, but for what end? I don't even... Because it's just like the only reason they do it is like, well, he's going so deep he has to have some other breathing. We don't have enough... Like, I don't, don't know. Do we need a, the explanation? We don't have an oxygen tube long enough to go 10,000 feet. It's a tricky balance between like... You want to you wanna just talk about the science of stuff enough that it makes sense that it, you don't get lost in the logic of it. So if it's something that's a little out of the ordinary, you can be like, okay. But there's also a point of explaining it too much. There's also a point of like not explaining enough. Like the best example is, I think I mentioned this on another episode of just like Star Trek into darkness where it's like, or they're always talking about like, can you beam them up? Like someone that they're trying to rescue someone. Can't you beam them up? It's like, nope, but I can beam you down. And it's just like, what, what what's that logic like the beamer works down but it doesn't work up but then yeah, later it does work sometimes so like that's know. that's going too far into jj abrams like just like it's fine just do we're cool just ride along, just ride along. it's fine it's an adventure you don't need to know everything right yeah there's a balance right i think maybe james cameron errs on the side of maybe going a little bit too much like we don't i don't know if we necessarily need this whole scene of like he does liquid breathing like let's just get to him diving right yes that's like 17 minutes we didn't need. What did you think about the aliens in this movie and the overall design of them and the concept of them? Honestly, the movie needed to be over before they even showed up. Well, they showed I up earlier. I didn't mind the, the glowing ring. I didn't mind them coming through the water. That's a cool sequence. The water. the water. That was cool. Yeah. The end where they're like, you could see their figures... Yeah, and Harris is down, 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 down deep. Mary Elizabeth the sees them first. She sees like their mini spaceships where they look like kind of purple stingrays. I guess is kind of the best description. They look cool, and then later you see that they seem to be either a part of that or they're riding these little mini things, and it's like yeah. more of an alien looking thing. Yeah, what'd you think of those guys? I thought it looked pretty cool. I thought they looked too cute. They look like oh, they look cute little alien. They're very glowy and watery, and yeah, they look a little cute. And they have a big but ship at the they're bottom. Benevolent, so they're not scary. They're not there to like eat your face. So I didn't think they needed to look scary. No, I don't think they need to look scary. That's what. So that's what brings me to the end because the director's cut. We're pretty violent, but if you like look at us, we're pretty like benevolent looking. The the original cut of the movie ends with. Um, them helping Ed Harris because of the messages that he sees or whatever, and they help them and decide to help them. And there's not because Ed Harris sacrifices himself essentially. for the world and for his wife that he loves. And there's some offhand explanation, maybe that they are they're not necessarily happy with planet Earth human behavior, but seeing him does it right. Mm-hmm. The director's cut plays this up more, like because we get the they. It turns out these aliens are at the bottom of the ocean. They're a giant purple ship. And they're watching TV. A lot of History Channel, it seems like to me. Local, local news and History Channel. Because sure. they've got clips of uh, uh, 
they're seeing the tsunami. We get some reports there, but mostly it's just like his. It's like the History Channel reel of like Nazis and a lot of war, dead bodies. Dead bodies. Just and so, because Ed Harris is asking questions, they don't answer them. They're just like, mm, look at the videotape. It's like, why would you want to kill everybody? Like mm, videotape. Look at the nukes. <laughs> that was oh. <laughs> Well, why would you, why, well, we're not gonna, he's like, and then Ed Harris is like, well, we don't necessarily, why, why would you decide that we're gonna necessarily blow up all our nukes? And they're just like, well, look at the videotape, you guys have a pretty bad history of doing this shit. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a point. Pretty good point, right? Yeah, pictures worth a thousand words, those videos. So their solution is like, well, you know what? Fuck it, we're gonna done. just do, make some tsunamis. And I, and I guess at the time, James Cameron wasn't happy with how these effects were working, so he, uh, couldn't do it. He completed. This is one of those cases where they completed this director's cut later, and they used it as a big marketing tool, right, to sell it again and make a little bit more money out of the movie that apparently didn't make very much Yikes, money. Yeah. So what I would say is that the tsunamis themselves look pretty good for eighty nine. Looked really agree. good. They look as good as um they did in like Deep Impact from yeah. ten years later or whatever. Um, that of course like landed or whatever, but they kind of linger over these. Uh, yeah, they hover. Mm-hmm. That's cool. There's only one real shot of all of that stuff that I thought looked awkward. It was kind of a too close scene of people on a deep beach. But other than, other than like, that, oh, there's a helicopter flying. Yeah, kind of dumb. But um, but yeah, and it it's just a little bit weird. I, I don't know, like, cause and then they show them like the reason that they they so the water recedes and they they say like, oh, wow, thank you. You could have just wiped us out. Why didn't you? And they showed him like they show the message that he typed out of saying like, oh, I knew this was a one way trip. I love you, blah, blah, blah. There's, you know, I like that the aliens aren't talking, I guess. Yeah. So you're That's not getting really a lot good. of that nonsense, which is tough, right? It's a tough yep. thing to do. And then, um, but yeah. It just doesn't feel like it belongs in this movie. It does feel a little, I mean, it's because there's no, it's like, movie. What it, is this movie about? It's mostly not a movie about aliens, but then it is in the last half hour, yeah, so which is weird. Uh, I kind of like it because it's like this next thing. I I, I think I, I think I said this while we were watching. It is missing a tear. Of like an underwater adventure, it's got everything, including aliens, but it's missing one big thing. Not a lot of sea life under this area. You're not getting an attack by a giant squid or a shark scene. I need some more aquatic life, or even just like a sequence where they're <laughs> swimming around with animals, Tyler. like more like nice animals. I think that would be more fun. I would enjoy that. Tyler, tea time with Tyler. Please name some movies where there's some sea life swimming around that you like, and go. It's tea time with Tyler. I'm finding Nemo. I'm finding Dory. Flipper with Elijah Wood and Paul Hogan. A lot of Flipper in that movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Sphere has more. Aquaman. I'm just saying. Aquaman. Oh, Aquaman's got a lot. He's they're riding it. That's fishes. what I feel like. You, that's what popped in my head when you were like, "It needs more sea yeah. life." And listen, I know that people there are there's a there's a split on Aquaman. Some people are like that movie is fucking stupid, but this I'm on the side. Dumb. I'm on the side of like. It's that guy with that beard, and he's riding fish, and I'm pretty. I'm on board with that. I'd rather see that than a lot of other things. I'll mm-hmm. be honest with you. Um, wow, you distracted me with that. Remember that flipper movie with Paul <laughs> Paul Hogan and Elijah Wood? <laughs> I do. Saw that in the movie theater. Is that going to be a movie we see? I don't have the DVD. I should try so, to secure on eBay. So tell me, like, what in two years? And I go, oh man, we should watch the abyss for the podcast. Uh-huh. You're gonna be like, no, we watched it. Yeah. What are you gonna? What are you gonna like say is was really memorable that makes this movie badass? I think tight action sequences that are not overblown. One. There was one. There's several. 
There's a collapse of the thing. They're going. Oh, come on, you're just frustrating me now because your your lack of paying attention is frustrating because you're I'll, like, I'll this didn't happen. I'm like, there's several action sequences I'll give and you that. and tension. The crane falling down was one. Going the submarine chase, them escaping from the submarine, going down to the thing. Like, there's all sorts of stuff that's going on. It's not necessarily action, but there's a lot of big sequences going on. Big scale, I think, cinematic sequences going around. That's what I really like about it. the water. The blob through the thing is not a, a, a scene of action, but it is a tense sequence because you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's a dynamic thing we haven't seen before. Like, I think these are all uh, very memorable. It's frustrating that you say that, frankly. Oh, oh no, I was just asking you, what, what's going to stand out? I will say that I, I don't know if the director's cut does anything other than add tsunami stuff because I don't think that stretching that out really helps the movie very much. And I don't really love this image of them like rising up on the, I know that was in the original, but like going up on the ship and coming out and just walking out. And it it does skew the movie a little bit like this. It's a, it's a very realistic movie about diving and situations that happen down there. I think until it kind of goes, I think the way we tease it, I think is really fun. Like when she first sees this thing and when she sees it, I, yeah, to me it would have been more interesting if that were left a little more mysterious and, and it, unknown. And it's it does that for almost the entire running length. Yes. It's only like the last 15 minutes that it really does that. And, and like, it's what like what the fuck is this movie about now? It's too much it, it's too much right at the end, right? And it's uh, that's like the one thing. And it's hard because you're trying to balance it but you still have to pay it off. That's tough. I think that the tsunami the better ed- ending is like him going down, stopping it, and maybe them just helping them get back up but not like this drawn out thing more like the original cut uh yeah, I would agree with the that. cold war stuff we didn't talk about chris elliott being on the naval be- uh uh ship he's yes, being like a real actor about. it's kind of funny though where he's like playing like this bit character who's supposed to be like a serious seaman and you're just like that's chris elliott <laughs> <laughs> that ain't i can't working. take him seriously you don't you're not a chris elliott fan though because you love Shit's creek with the exception of his character entirely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. It's kind of like how some people feel about Steve Carell in The Office, that he's too much. But Steve Carell in The Office has so many redeeming qualities. Who says that Steve Carell is not good in The Office? Dummies. Only dummies say that. Exactly. Steve Carell, yes, he can be. There are situations where the character of Michael Scott can be taken too far and okay, has. I, I didn't want to turn this into an office podcast. But I'm it's a saying, brilliant what's performance. What's his name does it have? redeeming on shit's creek on yeah. shit's creek yeah yeah he's better on uh in his five episodes nope, of how i met your mother <laughs> where he's like obnoxious but no, he's, he's like over the top there too but he like cares about uh, mm-hmm. Lily. Yeah, all right okay <laughs> what i'm giving you the wrap it up sign i don't like it when you you don't engage in a movie uh dismiss it and then you're like i don't want to talk about it anymore because i'm tired because you didn't wa- really because you didn't watch it it's good. We're an hour into the podcast. I spent 27 minutes talking about the other shit. Do you have more to say? No, I think we talked about it. I, I think just think we that, did, too. I think they should just admit that it was good. It was good. <laughs> no, actually, I'll say what I think I meant to say at the beginning, which mm. I actually might have said at the beginning of the last episode we recorded. This movie has a lot of really good parts to it. But I think it fucks up in the last 20 minutes. I would agree that the ending is not great. Again, it's tough because we watched the, the director's cut. It's the last thing cut. you're left with. It's the director's cut. The last cut. thing you're left with should be what we should have done. What the movie is about. What we should have done is watch both versions. Oh Jesus! No. <laughs> Any final thoughts? If you were underwater, trapped, like in a pool, in a hot tub, in a base at the bottom of the ocean, <laughs> or near the bottom, maybe not all the way it, down, like, almost to the abyss. Yeah. 
what would be much like the movie Sphere, where the sphere conjures up uh, either your thoughts or, in some cases, your fears. For the case of Sam Jackson character, he is scared of uh, the giant squid. What would be your uh, most? What would be the the scary thing you wouldn't want to encounter while you're diving uh, at a base or underwater or anywhere? What do you not want to see? I think anything that threatens your life is going to terrify you, and that could be just a variety of things. It could just be like your suit breaking, or your the water is just is is a character of terrifying terror. I don't think water's your deal in terms of. Uh, your comfort level uh well my comfort level my one of my biggest fears is of drowning yeah so what i'm saying i remember when we went on our honeymoon we went to a place where we could snorkel and right away there's fish all over the place and your first comment was like what the fuck i don't want these fish coming near me like you were like they one of them brushed you and you're just and like, like ah! it's a harm it's a harmless fish and you've been fishing and you've handled fish right but for whatever reason, you're just like, I'm uncomfortable with this fish touching me. Because I feel like in my hereditary genetics mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. evolutionary survival, uh-huh. my surviving genetic family up the tree, because I'm part Hawaiian, yeah. so uh, my Hawaiian genetic people yeah. were like, fuck them fish. Oh, yeah. They were like, fuck that shit in the ocean. That shit gonna kill you. Back the fuck up. I don't know how people so no, do it. Because... No, I do not want to be fucking touched by fish. I do not want to be... That shit's gonna hurt you. Yeah. So we went to... It's called Discovery Cove, which is like a SeaWorld thing, right? And it's like a... It's a, it's very expensive. But you snorkel and stuff, right? This is years ago. I don't and know. Maybe like, it's changed. And basically a fish tank. Yeah. I but mean, they, it's a natural habitat, yeah. but it's, I mean, it, whatever. It's, it's protected. It was not, years ago. No, like sharks coming well, in. Well, that's what's weird is that there are segments where there are sharks, but they're like glass, they're walled off. But when mm-hmm. you're underwater, you see them and you know that it's glassed mm-hmm. off. And it's still just like, I'm uncomfortable Ugh. with this. Fight or flight. To Fight the point flight. where I remember when I was, the only other snorkeling experience I've really had, I've had maybe two other ones in the ocean. And one of them was without incident, but. I think it's because it was kind of like it was pretty pop. It was pretty popular, and there wasn't a lot of not a lot of dangerous shit came in. But the other time was like when you just went out. It was like in Hawaii, maybe, and there was like a. It was so far away. I tell you, I was I was maybe twelve, but there was like people talking about like, well, don't go snorkeling over there. There's some barracuda out there, and barracudas are fucking scary, and they'll fucking bite you if you get. I mean, I don't know if that happens a lot, but they're scary. Right? Well, anyway, I was 12. I heard this, and I swear to God, like, the first five minutes I went in, I, like, fucking saw one, like, way far away. But I was like, fuck this. And I was done snorkeling. (laughs) So I feel like, as much as I love oceanic life, I don't know. Because you said, that's the other thing. We were thinking about going, you know how much I love uh, 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 manta rays. Yes. My favorite animal. I know that's a weird thing for a grown man to say that I have a favorite animal, but I do. And it's a manta ray. (laughs) And if you don't know what a manta ray is, it's a big ray. Like a st- people think stingray, right? But it's they don't have stingers, number one, and they're way bigger. And they got little horns. That's what they call devil rays. The P- Tampa Bay devil rays used to be, now they're just rays. But they had like it was a it was a manta ray. They're amazing giant creatures, right? We have not. You can go and see them in Hawaii if you go sn- snorkeling. And I'm like, you can go swim uh, with them in the ocean. In the ocean, and I'm kind of like, eh, I'm not about that. Because I'm just a little bit nervous about that business, right? About the ocean. In general. Also, I'm not a big fan of flying in an airplane over an ocean. I'm not a big traveler, is what my point is, right? 
But then you're like, let's go to uh, the Atlanta. The only place you can see a, a manta ray in captivity in this country is in Atlanta, the Georgia Aquarium. And they have a giant whale shark in there, too, which is awesome. So we haven't done this yet. I really want to at some point. But, you know, now we've got can't fly anywhere. But um, so they but there's experience like, well, you know, what you should do when we go there. You can go and you can like go in the tank and you yeah. can spend extra, it's extra way extra money. Right. But you can go and you can snorkel in there. And you can go with them. And I'm just like, nah, I don't know about that. You see how big those fucking things are? <laughs> and they're like, they're harmless. They eat plankton. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, and even the whale shark that's in there, which is a giant, the biggest shark there is, eats plankton. It's not dangerous, right? It's really fucking big. <laughs> so what I hear you saying, which like, you haven't really said before, mm-hmm. was if we go, don't buy those as a surprise ticket for you. I think I'm just good, like, seeing, seeing, it. seeing it. And maybe if, like, I was there and they're like, well, it's available, and I'm like, all right, what's the, what, I, I need to look at it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, you can do a dive, too, but you have to have, like, ex- dive, diving experience. I didn't have cer- that. Certificate or whatever. They're big. So I don't know. I love the ocean stuff, but I'm I'm not about that, man. I'm afraid of shit. Not about that. <laughs> and on that note, the abyss. Be careful out there diving into the abyss, my friends. And join us on our next episode at a future date. What's that movie going to be, Miss? Hey. I don't like it when you uh, you just pick a movie. Uh. <laughs> I fucking hate you so much sometimes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I also love you. Well, thank you. Okay. You didn't crack into your, uh, your... Don't make fun. No, you don't get to. I told you you could do a bit with this if I opened it, but now okay. because I didn't, you don't get save to do the it. bit. I'll you don't get to do the bit. I almost you are not allowed to do the bit. Very anti-feminist. You I do not get to do the bit. Okay. Guys, thanks for listening, and we will talk at you another movie. Bye. But it's like... Don't. It's not a girly drink. You bought it, motherfucker. It's so good. Though. You bought it, motherfucker. <laughs>